There's a big thing a few months ago saying that seller fees on Amazon have raised to 43%, something that high, right? I think a lot of the time they get an unfair comparison to DTC or to retail because directly selling on DTC, people are just looking at straight up, this is how much something sells for, and then this is how much I make from it. And with Amazon, I have this 15% referral fee, I have this FBA fee, and then I have to run ads on top of that too. But if you directly compare it to say running meta ads to get someone to your website, and then your shipping costs and whatnot, you get really close in terms of profitability. The issue comes from when people are looking at the platform like it's their own website, but there's a whole bunch of customers that are there that aren't on your website. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric Dick and I'm back stealing the mantle from Cam this week to just check in with Rob and Clifford from Pilot House's Amazon team with what we're calling the Amazon Roundup. We've got some uh, exciting things about Prime Day to talk about. But first, let's start with the news. This is something we're doing more on the D2C side of things. We're talking more about the news. We're trying to actually get ranked in the news going forward. So let's let's inform our readers. What's going on with uh, Amazon and the FTC? Um, so Amazon is being sued. I guess, by the FTC in 19 states or something combined. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how all these, the actual legality of it works, but I did read a bunch of news articles on what the lawsuit is about. So I think I have a summary. They're basically suing them on the grounds of like three things. So first is that they were prioritizing their own products in search results. So whether their own brand or products that were sold by them. Second is that they are basically forcing sellers to, people who sell on their platform, to use their Fulfilled by Amazon service. And if you don't, then you get deprioritized. And third is that the pricing policy that Amazon uses is like anti-consumer, basically. How so? Uh, that's a great question because it hasn't wasn't really outlined super well by them. Um, and okay. I think they're wrong on all of the things. So it's, it's interesting. It's like inherently businesses are going to act monopolistically to, to improve conversions. It's a really interesting because this is happening across multiple tech platforms right now. Um, how serious from your readings of these articles is this situation? And like, what, like how, how will you, how could they even rein in a huge company like Amazon? How are they going to stop them from promoting their own products? For instance, it just seems extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say. Like each one of those pieces is interesting in their own light because like if they are sort of gaming the system and like promoting their own products above other sellers, then that's could be sort of like creating an unfair marketplace. Which is like, well, what's the grounds there, and are they actually doing it? Whereas you look at like the that they're forcing sellers to enroll in Prime, it's like a lot of sellers actually really love Prime. Like it's a lot easier to manage your. You don't have to have your own warehouse. It's typically cheaper than shipping yourself. Uh, it removes a lot of those headaches, and you get the Prime badge, which customers love from a conversion rate standpoint. So it's like, it's it's less so forcing; it's more so like it's a no-brainer. Yeah, to do makes sense. And then you look at like the pricing side of it, and this is I find the pricing side super interesting because this is where uh, Amazon does charge like their referral fee, their FBA fees. So it is like sometimes more expensive to sell on Amazon from a fee standpoint than selling on your own website. Well, it is. So then a t question we get asked all the time is like, well, can we just charge more on Amazon? And it's like, well, until Amazon finds out, sure. But as soon as they find out, they remove your buy box. But what you'll run into is like, if say Walmart or another retailer is offering a product for less, you'll lose the buy box on Amazon if your price is higher. 
But if it's only higher by a dollar or two, the customer probably is going to want to purchase on Amazon anyway, purely because they have Prime, they get the fast shipping, they get free shipping. Whereas if they purchase on the other website, they might have to pay shipping. They don't trust the retailer. Like, so I think Amazon misses the boat there, whereas like you can actually let customers probably charge slightly more and get the conversion, and they'll be willing to based on the convenience. But Amazon, based on their saying, we want to be the lowest price. We want to make sure the consumer trusts it's the lowest price, so they remove the buy box as soon as the price is dropped. Um, so I don't know. It's the, each aspect is super interesting. It's be interesting to learn more about why the FTC chose those particular things to, to dive into. It's like any case, right? They just go with what they think they can get over, and they're probably they were, I guess it's, it's their strongest arguments. I think yeah, it was Google where they were they, they sort of admitted to like bumping up the pricing on under on lower competition keywords, and they were like bumping up. They're like, yeah, sure, we bump up those prices by at least ten percent, and that was sort of admitted in uh, in one of these cases. So it's interesting that all these these behemoths are are under fire. Is there anything that that our listeners need to know? Like, I guess this is just something they want to keep keep their ear to the ground about to understand what might be coming their way, but really there's nothing else to, to prepare from an advertiser or Amazon standpoint, eh? Not really. Um, like my take on it is that I don't really think it has any teeth because the entire like concept of the FTC is to be consumer protective. Now, are a bunch of these things hurtful for sellers on the platform? Sure, it sucks that you can't raise your price by 10% to sell and make the equivalent profit on Amazon. However, for consumers, it's good. It's lower prices. And is faster shipping better and forcing sellers to kind of prioritize faster shipping that you get to? Yeah, that's probably better for consumers too. So like in almost every way that they've outlined this, almost every different aspect is better for consumers. So I don't see how they make the claim that it's not because if a lot of these policies weren't in place, prices are higher, shipping is worse, the experience is generally just worse for the end consumer. Um, the one standout that they did mention a little bit, this started to come out as the lawsuit got released. I think it's like 180 pages or something. So news journalists and whatnot are digging through it more is there was something called Project Nessie is what they named it, which was a repricing algorithm that they had where they were, Amazon was trying to see if they could raise prices in specific areas where their auto pricing was actually killing their profitability. And I'm not surprised. Um, we, we do sell, we have brands who sell to Amazon and Amazon prices extremely low. And we can see that it's not profitable for them to sell at those levels. So I guess at some point they did come out with some algorithm that tried to squeeze a little bit more profit out of things where they could. But according to them, they scrapped that program because it was just leading to a worse experience and more issues and whatnot. And I wouldn't doubt that that's the case because everything that we've seen is you always need to have the lowest price on the internet, like always, whether Amazon's selling it themselves or not, they'll take away the buy box from their own listings. Like they will lose buy box to third parties if they're coming in cheaper than them. Like it's pretty consistent and the consistency is just lower prices all the time for the end consumer. So I don't see how the FTC wins it. There's a lot of other things they could have hit them for monopoly stuff around AWS and around the control they have with servers and things like that, that I think they probably should have taken that route a little bit more. Interesting. But. Well, watch this space. The other big news that I'm just reading about here as a prime video customer that I'm now going to start getting ads. I just watched The Whale this weekend, by the way. It was one of the saddest movies I've ever seen, but very, very good. And it would have been quite quite less of an experience, I think, if, it, if I had been served ads on my paid prime account. Is that, is that what they're doing? They are. Well, you've had 
ads already, right? When you start a Prime Video show, a lot of the time it starts with an ad. It's just an ad for another Prime mm -hmm. Video show. So now those will be ads from brands. I guess so, eh? I guess that's just, that's one way to put it. That's one so, pro Amazon way to put it. I like it. That's something I hated about Prime Video ever since I started using it was like, just, I, I don't, don't show me. And I don't care if it's for another something I might be interested in. Like, don't show it to me. So I will definitely be paying for the ad-free platform because, <laughs> but yeah, they're rolling out ads, I think, on the current model. And then they're going to charge an extra, I think it was two ninety nine in the States for the non-ad version, and then they haven't announced pricing for like Canada and UK uh, last time I checked. Uh, it's going to be deadly. It's going to be high-quality inventory. Uh, I remember we've, we've reported on this on this show just this year about how effective video ads are be, are for, uh, you know, your listings, you know, to, cert, to have in your listings, I guess. So I guess this, we just, we already know the power of video. This could be huge. Yeah, it'll be a really cool placement that'll open up um, to advertisers and, I mean, likely more top of funnel since it will be like streaming TV sort of placement. But yeah, a great opportunity to fill the top of the funnel and or remind people if they're already in your funnel. Um, so as they roll out, it'll be super interesting to, to bring into the mix and, and see how they do. And you might get to get your ad served next to Academy Award winner, Brendan, whatever his face is, from The Whale, which, you know, it's Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser from the, of Mummy fame. But it's just like, it, it's, it's rare, I think, for advertisers to get placed next to such high quality content. You know what I mean? And I think Prime Video offers that opportunity. I remember, like, I wonder how, how accessible they'll make this inventory. I remember when Netflix started running ads, um, it, it, that never became something that, that trickled its way down to the, the D2C audience. Really. I think you had to commit hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in order to, to advertise on the platform. It's going to be interesting to see how Prime does it. Yeah, it's, um, we've reached out to our ad reps that for some of our larger clients that would be in the neighborhood of spending this level. Um, there will certainly be relatively large spend commitments. I would be, to throw out numbers, I would say probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50K plus. I would be surprised if they opened it to anything more than that per month. However, you nailed it there with why I think it's such a big opportunity is that like this is incredibly premium inventory, like the same thing you would get, you know, running commercials on TV type of thing. But with attribution, like you don't get that anywhere else where you have incredibly premium inventory for full-blown commercials, but you can literally see if people buy it afterwards directly on platform or in yeah. Whole Foods or in an Amazon fresh store or any of the other properties or areas where they have attribution to. But like, that's the big, like unprecedented part is incredibly premium inventory, but with the attribution level of like what we're used to in DTC. And the customer experience level that you get only from Amazon, right? Like, I think that's one of the biggest challenges with TV is you've got to get them to go from their device to the store and, you know, put in their credit card information or whatever. Whereas with this, you know, Amazon is easy, is definitely the most customer friendly checkout flow that has ever existed. So I could, I could see it being very effective. And I guess that's their goal, right? Like they want to have, they're talking like, I, I, they haven't started serving like football in Amazon yet. Have they? Like, I know NFL and yeah, Amazon have a partnership where you're eventually going to be like, you're gonna be able to live in Amazon. Is, is that's already happening? Yep. So they have like a, I think it was like a billion dollars, possibly more, contract with the NFL to show Thursday Night Football. There is ad space on it. It is very gated, very much only huge brand ad space, gigantic commitments. Um, that's that is not the same 
Prime Video seems like it's gonna be a lot more like closer to self-serve. It won't be self-serve, but it'll be closer to self-serve, kind of like directly working with an Amazon ad rep and getting access to like first level metrics like that. For as far as we're aware, Thursday night football ads do not work like that. They are much more just like traditional ad buys. However, part of all of the Amazon advertising part is you can actually leverage that audience. So we have ran ads in the past where we're retargeting people who have watched Thursday Night Football with ads that we think are relevant to people who like football. So because they have that on their platform, it's actually an audience that's available within their targeting. Marketers, if you're finding yourself manually creating segments on Shopify and then waiting 20 minutes to download just so you can upload to Google, Meta, or Attentive to keep your audiences in sync, try Trestle Segments. Segments makes segmentation easy and profitable. Choose from pre-built audiences backed by data or make your own. Segments will keep synced across Klaviyo, Meta, TikTok, and more. They've just launched Filter GPT, so now you can segment using natural language. For example, just say, customers who bought during last year's holidays but ghosted since, and voila, it's done for you, ready for retargeting. Isn't AI wonderful? Try it today at trestle.co slash DTC. That's T-R-E-S-L dot co slash DTC for a special offer. We've got some other notes to talk about here. I want to just drill in on this one note that you had, Clifford, about what profitability looks like for a brand on Amazon. So is is there a myth, first of all, that Amazon is a lower profit channel? I guess just because of the inherent take that Amazon that Amazon takes? What's, what, what's your take on this? I brought it up because it's kind of been a topic of conversation lately, especially with all the FTC lawsuit stuff that's going on and talking about seller fees. There's a big thing a few months ago where it's saying that seller fees on Amazon have raised to 43% of typical sellers or something that high, right? But I, I think a lot of the time they get an unfair comparison to DTC or to retail because directly selling on DTC, people are just looking at straight up, this is how much something sells for, and then this is how much I make from it. And with Amazon, I have this 15% referral fee, I have this FBA fee, and then I have to run ads on top of that too. But if you directly compare it to say running meta ads to get someone to your website, and then your shipping costs and whatnot, you get really close in terms of profitability. Like you start adding that up and usually Amazon ads for one, have a better return on ad spend than uh, meta ads in a lot of cases because it's just, you know, people are there ready to buy. And also, the longer term effects of Amazon maintained so you gain those that ranking up on the platform so you get evergreen sales that you don't get on that, on your website or now you have an email list of course on your website where you can retarget people and you do have some sort of evergreen sales coming from that but you you do like the apples to apples comparison and it's very close to typical profitability when you start like actually bringing in all the costs of DTC and if you compare it to wholesale like Something like 40, 45% of your costs going into fees, yeah, that's pretty similar to just selling wholesale. So it's not outside of that realm either. I think the, the issue comes from when people are looking at the platform like it's their own website and they wanna make the exact same profit margin out of it, but there's a whole bunch of customers that are there that aren't on your website. So that's kind of the whole point and what you're paying for. Myth busted. I, I think I agree with that. It's just, you see it all, it's all lumped together in Amazon as this one experience, whereas you have all these little fees that add up over time on the meta side. So that's that's pretty cool. I just realized, I just saw our, our coworker, Brett, who is a uh, Amazon influencer, um, talking about the second Prime Day. Prime Day is just, there's another Prime Day right around the corner. Is that right? It's right now. 
It's right. It's today actually, and tomorrow. Today, it's actually yeah. happening right now. So if you're listening to this, you're too late. You missed it. But uh, too late. yeah, yeah, that's right. This will come out on Friday. So sorry, guys. You should follow Brett Turner on TikTok though, because he always gives out the best uh, deals. He was just showing like a insane deal of a of a TV I saw just the other day. But uh, but anyways, follow Brett. Yeah, like a 50 inch Amazon TV for like 150 bucks. I think. I think that was it. That's unreal. Which will have ads on it, by the way. Fire TV will have ads. On, on the TV operating get, yeah. system. Yes. They'll get ads on the remote one day. They'll have little like interstitials that go across the top of your remote. Why Why not? What's this new stuff? What are these SDV placements, SB carousels, et cetera? Yeah, it's uh, sponsored brand ads have been the top of search ads with the big image. About six months, eight months ago, they rolled out videos in those placements. There's now, you can put carousels there. So instead of a static image, you can have multi-image, which is nice, nice little change. There's also sponsored display video placements are increasing. So these are ads that typically just kind of follow you around the internet. They'll follow you around Amazon, but they're getting really weirdly intrusive on platform. I feel like this is just a little test and hopefully they kill it because I don't like these placements and I'm usually very pro ad as someone who buys ads. Uh, but this one's a little much. Like sometimes you'll be on an Amazon listing page and the sponsor display video ad will literally like pull down and take up like half of your screen. It's a lot. It's too much. <laughs> and that's coming from an ad man. That's, yeah. I don't like this one. I hope it ends because it's it's rough looking and it really, it's just, it's not, the, the entire point of this platform is we want to have like really, really high conversion. You start getting a lot of ugly intrusive ads like that and it's going to, it's going to eat into that conversion rate, whether we're the ad spender or not. I like it. Are you listening, Amazon? A little bit much there. And then what's this, your ability to, to A-B test, to dive in on that a little bit more. This is, you, you used to be, you can, you've always been able to A-B test your images, correct? So you've always been able to A-B test your hero image, um, or not, uh, I mean, maybe not always, but for a long period of time. Um, but Amazon recently uh, made it available to A-B test uh, full listing image sets. So you're against another set, which is pretty cool. Um, opens up a ton of testing abilities because it used to be like you would just have to change out all your listing images and then monitor your conversion rates of performance. And of course, that's not a perfect test because one week's going to be different from the next week. I think the big sort of thing to be mindful of and something we've been talking about internally is like the variations when you can test so many images against so many images, like the variations are kind of endless, well not endless, but there's you have a ton of different permutations of that. So then how do you actually structure a test that teaches you something and actually moves you closer to your goal? Uh, and how do you learn something from the test so you can actually iterate and do better the next time? So I think, well, it's great that we can now test all the images. It's like, do you actually want to test like five images against another five images or do you want to change one of those and or change the order or change the colors or whatever it might be? I think being very mindful of what are you testing? What are you trying to learn is going to be super important. But the fact that we can now test it is is super exciting. So really curious to see how those results are going to come in and, and what they might be. Nice. And make sure you have enough budget to actually be getting usable data, I guess. Not testing yeah, too so, many things. Yeah, so traffic. Because it'll be your listing images. So both paid and organic traffic will be going to your listing. So then uh, as long as you got enough traffic to support the test, then Amazon can run it and give you your probabilities sort of week over week um, on how it's tracking. Very cool. Just Googling Bezos here. There's a couple couple sorted news items. His housekeeper is suing him because he made her work 14-hour shifts and the lack of bathroom access led to frequent UTIs, which is really rough. As a housekeeper, you feel like you should have – like I don't – if, hey, you're, I if mean, you're 
your boss is like controlling when worker, you, you know, same as the warehouse. I guess so, but like you're, you're cleaning the house. Like you should be able to use the bathroom if you're cleaning house. That seems a bit much, Jeff. I don't know. I don't know if this is true, but uh, use the washroom regularly, people. It's just to circle back, just before we end, on uh, what Rob was talking. I, I know we're. Yeah. I can I can yeah. feel us going down the Bezos uh, rabbit hole here on the the listing image test thing. I think like. These are really underutilized. They're underutilized by us even, honestly, because because these live on your, it's your listing, it's your whole listing of your product, right? So like when you're, all of your money you're spending on ads goes to your listing. So even a tiny bump in your conversion rate from improving your third image over your last third image, if you're selling hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on that listing, you could be talking about literally making twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 more because of a tiny change to your second image or your third image and you added a word or you added some something there that helped convince those extra buyers to convert or you changed the color of it to be more branded or something like like a lot of these different variations and examples Rob was mentioning like all of these changes just these small incremental increases to your conversion rate could mean huge numbers down the road. So this is not like, I know a lot of time we get talking about imagery and it gets talking about like, oh, let's be like creative and what can we think of? And it gets very like fluffy and it's not very like real, but you start talking about a half a percent increase in conversion rate and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're talking about real money coming from very small imagery changes. So these could be really, really impactful. And all of the stuff we talk about with ads could be like minuscule compared to the changes and increases you might get from just making image image improvements. Do you A-B test them simultaneously? Because they each have that A-B testing functionality. You would want to just A-B test them once at a time so that you have everything else staying constant. Is that right? Or do you A-B test them each all the time? It'll actually only let you do an A-B test on a listing one at a time. Nice. Well, that is a much better note to end things on than uh, forced bathroom break. So thank you, Clifford and Rob. Fun as always. Uh, Let's keep our eyes peeled on this FTC situation. And uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.